Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. Welcome to Life in the Sun. Especially if you're visiting for the very first time, we're glad that you're here. I'm Mark Beneventi. How are you guys doing? You know, when different people got up and started praying, I thought... uh, I'm thankful that my message is shorter today than usual. (laughs) I want to acknowledge a couple of uh, visitors that we have, uh, Sharon and Josh, Pastor Pastor Eric's wife from our Life in the Sun Church in Saipan, and his oldest son, Josh, are here visiting with us. She's here for work. They're here for the week. We're glad that you could join us. On that note, I want to thank all of you who gave from your heart and donated Uh, to help the recovery effort of our church in Saipan. Um, You guys were very generous, and uh, we'll be giving Sharon that check this week. So thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's good to be home. Terry and I were in Japan last week. We were training church leaders and helping others get free from hurts and hang-ups and habits. And I brought a couple pictures from that trip. Uh, This first picture is, um, this is an amazing picture. This is churches from all over Japan. These are leaders, many of them pastors. There's about 15 pastors in that group. But they come from all kinds of backgrounds, from Pentecostal to Baptist. And the fact that we all gathered together was just a demonstration of the unity that we have in Christ. Uh, This picture in the middle, this is Pastor Scott's wife, Naomi. Many of you recall Pastor Scott. He's been here several times. The tall American guy who grew up on Guam. He's a pastor in Japan. Um, Their church is flourishing. They have nine different every nation churches throughout Japan. I'll be showing you a picture of them a little bit later. But uh, this next photo is, uh, if we can go to the next slide. This is Masanori and Yumiko. They were here about a month ago. If you recall, we had a a conference for directors of Elijah House. Uh, They were sitting right over in this area. Uh, They were with us at the conference. The next photo is a picture of all the Every Nation people um, in Japan, and they joined us for this conference. I didn't realize it until I started circling faces how they all kind of clumped together in one area. But those are the Every Nation folks that joined us. And, um, and then we, we did two conferences. One was three days with this group here. And then we did another one just with our Every Nation Church in Yokohama. And so I have a picture of that group too, if we could go there. So Pastor Scott's church, they have about 140 small groups. And these are the discipleship coaches. Each one of them coach maybe three or four different what we call life group leaders. And we spent three days with them um, doing the same training. Uh, they, they completed uh, course 202 that we offer with Elijah House. And uh, the next photo is a picture of Pastor Scott and his family. Uh, this is his daughter, Sarah, on the left, and Naomi next to Tara. And you should see him when he gets around his granddaughter. Uh, he just changes. He's just a big teddy bear and is all smiles. And uh, we really enjoyed spending time with them. By the way, this is in Chinatown. And I I heard that the Chinatown in Japan is the largest Chinatown outside of China. And the weather was beautiful. It was like in the high 60s, low 70s. 
and enjoyed having some Chinese food with the Dalmas. Well, last Sunday, I spoke at Pastor Scott's church, and they have two services. The second service consists mainly of college students and young adults. And uh, that particular service reminded me of when I was a college student. And older leaders would challenge us to live by faith. And I remember some of those challenges were very difficult. Uh, one of the challenges early on in the beginning of getting to know God was the challenge to surrender my life to God and to let him be the leader. Let him direct, let him empower and enable me instead of trusting in myself, my resources, instead of living in the kingdom of self, to live under the kingdom of God where he rules and reigns. And I tell you, the first time I was challenged with that idea, I wrestled, I struggled. I was at a conference with 17,000 other college students and the speaker invited those who were willing to make that decision to, to surrender their lives to God. He asked them to stand. And I was shocked. About 75% of the people in the audience stood up. And I sat in my seat and I thought, what? You guys are crazy. Do you realize what you're doing? You're giving up your life. That was where my mind and my heart was at at that time. But I tell you, I left the conference that day and I went to my hotel room and I just wrestled inside. I was not at peace. I was not at rest. I was just struggling, and I, I wrestled with God for three days until finally I said, yes, God, I'll let you be Lord of my life. And I tell you, all of a sudden, I just came into this state of peace and rest. And that experience of struggling with God every time I'm learning to trust him for something new and that experience of being at unrest and unpeace, not having peace, and then coming to a place of trusting him and then coming into this place of rest, that pattern has repeated itself over and over and over again over the last 30 years. Coming into that place where we're under his covering and under his authority is the place that God designed us to be. It's how he created life where it works best. And since, I, since then, I've learned an important lesson. I remember when I was in that conference with 17,000 other students, and they all stood, and I thought, you guys are insane. I thought, what, you, what are you doing? And I, I thought to myself, I'm not giving up my life. But I have found over the last 30 years that God never takes away anything that he doesn't replace with something better. Jesus said it this way. He said, whoever wishes, we can go to the, uh, no, we don't have this on the slide. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And today's message is about trusting God in difficult circumstances. Perhaps you can relate to that. Maybe some of you even have very difficult circumstances. And I, I have a diagram that I want to show you that describes um, this, this process that we go through in learning to trust God in difficult circumstances. If we can go to the next slide. This is what I call a circle of faith. And the X's represent different circumstances. Now, some X's are inside the circle. Some X's are outside the circle. And the ones inside the circle represent those areas of life where you have already learned how to trust God with difficult things. 
And then there are some circumstances that are outside the circle. And these can be very difficult things that we've not yet learned how to trust God. So I want to give you a couple examples of what this may look like. We can go to the next slide. The very first one in the center of the circle is that place where we begin a relationship with God. And we invite him to come into our lives. That would be the first step of faith, the first step of experiencing God. In that journey of experiencing God, there are other things that eventually we learn to trust him for, like uh, assurance of forgiveness. That's, that's a big one. That's a very important one as we journey in the kingdom of God. Later, we learn to trust him for finances. The one I talked about earlier that I struggled with was being surrendered. That's a lordship decision. And then maybe eventually the Lord challenges you and invites you to help other people grow in their relationship with God. Might be one-on-one, -on -one, might be in a small group, but you're moving from, you know, it's just me and God to now I'm representing God's heart to other people and I'm leading in his kingdom. And then some things that may be further outside your circle of faith might be trusting God for the miraculous, for healing. And way outside here, is raising the dead. And these, these represent increasing levels of difficulty in life and in trusting God. So these are all kind of what I would call maybe spiritual examples. Other examples that we have alluded to today um, in the prayer time, in the worship time, has to do with going through struggles and difficulties in life that develop our character. And so I have another circle to represent those. So how do you respond when dealing with conflict? How do you deal with rejection or temptation? How does your heart respond when dealing with criticism? How do you respond to illness? And then some even more extreme things to trust God for would be dealing with persecution or even life-threatening circumstances. And so when we go through these difficulties, you know, where does our mind go? Where does our heart go? What are the thoughts what are the attitudes, what are the responses in relationship to trusting God? So we have all these areas of life can take years of learning how to trust God. And one very important help is to be around good role models. And today we turn our attention again to the story of Abraham. He's an amazing role model. And we are continuing our series entitled Unwavering. Unwavering refers to Abraham's unwavering faith. And he's a tremendous role model for us. We can go to the next slide. By now, you know the story of Abraham and Sarah and God's promise for a son. In their old age, it was seemingly impossible uh, many of us can relate to that. You might have circumstances which are seemingly impossible. And we want to see what kind of help we can find from reading the story of Abraham once again. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you're with us. Thank you for the reminder today up here that you are good and can be trusted. But Lord, we're in a battle, we're in a struggle, learning to experience that, 
And I ask that you would use your word here today to encourage, to renew our minds, to strengthen our faith. And so, God, we invite you by your spirit to speak to our hearts. Lord, show us your way. Even reveal yourself. Reveal your love and your goodness. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to read the story of Abraham. You're very familiar with it by now. This is from Genesis chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham again near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And one day, Abraham was sitting in the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. And he looked up and he noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. And then it says that Abraham prepared a meal for them, skipping down to verse 9. After the meal, the visitors asked, Where is Sarah, your wife? She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. And then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And I'd like us to camp here for a moment and camp on that question. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? God is asking Abraham and Sarah, is anything too difficult for the Lord? You know, when we face difficult circumstances, uh, this question is a good reminder because it's not really a question, right? Intellectually, we all agree that if God created the universe, if God created the stars, the sun, the moon, the earth, if God created everything from nothing, then, of course, nothing is too difficult for God. And so if God is able, then that kind of leads us to the next hurdle that we have to overcome. And that hurdle is this. I may believe God can. I just don't know if he will. And I think this is where many of us get stuck. I believe he can. I don't know if he will. Of course, God can do anything. I'm just not sure if I can apply that to my personal circumstance. How can I know? Here's an important principle from this story. In the story of Abraham, God made a promise. God revealed his plan to Abraham, and he made a promise. It's up on the screen now. God said, I will return this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. So here's the key. You can be confident that God will be at work in your circumstance when you know something is God's will. That's the key. We, we have to get a word from the Lord, and we have to know 
something is God's will before we can have confidence. The Apostle John said it this way, 1 John chapter 5. He said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked from him. So can you be confident? The answer is a resounding yes, if you know that it is God's will. 90% of God's will is revealed in the Bible. And I encourage you to read it, to study it, to memorize it, to meditate on it. And this will allow you to know what you can trust God for and what you can't. There are three important questions to ask whenever you're in a difficult circumstance. Uh, number one, am I listening to what the Lord is saying? You know, I know someone who's going through a very difficult circumstance right now. And they said to me, I am praying and fasting and I am seeking the Lord about what lesson it is that he wants me to learn. I thought, wow, that is a very mature response. And when we're seeking God and praying and fasting, one of the first places we should look is to his word. To be in there and reading and just trusting that, Lord, somewhere in here, you're going to speak to my heart and reveal something that I need to know. And so that's the first thing. Am I listening to what the Lord is saying? The second thing is, did God promise it? You have to get a word from the Lord. We want to be careful that we don't assume certain things. I remember I was with a small group probably 20 years ago. We were seeking the Lord about a, a new place to meet for a church group. And we went to this big building. And one of the people in the small group, we were standing in the parking lot. And they just started naming it and claiming it and saying, God, thank you that this is ours. And they were just going on as if God had promised it. And I was standing there in the group going, did you hear from the Lord? And then a year later, a government agency was occupying that building. But if you have heard from the Lord, then you can trust and have confidence and hold on to the promise. And so, has God promised? The other thing we need to be careful about in asking this question, has God promised, is making sure that we don't take certain examples in the Bible and decide on our own to apply them to ourselves. So for example, uh, maybe some couples, they're, they're trusting God to have children. And they could read the story of Abraham and say, God promised Abraham a son, therefore God's going to give me a son. And there are some things that God reveals in the Bible that were to individuals in a particular circumstance. I, and, but then again, there are general principles in the Bible that apply to all of God's children. And so we don't know if you're going to have a boy or a girl. Um, God could use that to speak to a person in their heart. But I think the key is making sure that the Spirit of God is using the Word of God to reveal something that applies to me and not just me taking something for myself. And so that, that's an important thing. It's a little tricky because... We can, we can fool ourselves into thinking certain things. We need to be careful that we don't take a promise for somebody else 
and, and assume that that's for me. But there are things about Abraham that I think apply to all of us. Um, Abraham was revealing, uh, God was revealing himself to Abraham. God was speaking to Abraham. God was with Abraham. God had a plan for Abraham. God cared for Abraham. God had a, a destiny for him. And, I, and all of that is true for every single one of us. The details of how he accomplishes that, when he accomplishes that, what it is exactly that he's accomplishing, all of that is unique to each and every one of you. But the message you heard from the frontier today that God is good and that God is for you is absolutely true, and we see that in the story of Abraham. The last question to ask ourselves is really a rhetorical question, and that is, is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, in our minds, uh, we know the answer, but in our hearts, there can be attitudes, there can be beliefs that can block being able to trust God and to follow God. I'll give you some examples. Uh, we can put the next slide up on the screen. We all have basic needs for protection, for provision. We all want justice, especially when it's personal. But there can be ungodly beliefs like, say, for example, trusting God for protection. Uh, a person could grow up with this idea in the back of their mind that no one really cares about me. Maybe they had a difficult childhood growing up and just came to a conclusion in their heart in the early years, usually before the age of six, and then we forget about those experiences. We don't even know how we came to that conclusion. And we bring it with us into adulthood. And we become Christians and we hear about the promises of God and the goodness of God. And, and we want to believe that and run with that. But in the first six years of life, some, some seed got planted that is diametrically opposed to the word of God. It's a lie. It's an ungodly belief. And we have to recognize when those are there and confess them, meaning bring them into the presence of God, and bring them to the cross, meaning to recognize that Jesus removed their power and their influence over our lives. Another example is turning to God for justice. You know, maybe I grew up as the middle child in my family, and there was no justice. <laughs> I remember we were over at my in-laws one day, and one of the kids was just screaming bloody murder, and the, his mom picked him up and handed him to dad and said, he's screaming injustice. <laughs> you know, even at two years old, you know when something's not fair. And at two years old, we can also make conclusions about the way life is. And so we need to recognize, is there, is there something there that opposes the word of God? And be able to remove that by bringing it into the light and bringing it to the cross. And then trusting God to provide. You know, we might say, we might have this attitude, this belief in my heart, I, I really don't deserve God's blessing. And you know what? In one sense, that's true. Without Christ, we don't. But with Christ, we have the favor of God. And so we need to ask God to renew our minds, to speak truth to us that will allow us to be able to overcome those hindrances, those things that are blocking us from being able to trust God and to follow him. I have a closing thought for us. 
Trusting God in difficult circumstances boils down to this. Trusting God in difficult circumstances boils down to knowing that God loves you and knowing God's will. Reading, studying the Bible, and experiencing God will allow you to be at a good place spiritually where God can reveal his love to you. Sierra was up here singing earlier today, you know, touched at her heart in the core because this week she had experienced the goodness of God. Getting into the word, being available, being teachable, being in a good place spiritually can allow you to to have that experience where God can reveal that to you. And as you experience God's love, and as you experience knowing what his will is, you will be able to trust God and endure circumstances through increasing levels of difficulty. You know that circle of faith I showed you earlier? You know, God is so good in his grace. He challenges us just a little bit outside that circle of faith so that we can take another step. It's like your kids learning how to walk. You know, they take one step at a time, and you're encouraging them, come on, you took two, now take three. And sometimes you're holding their finger a little bit and guiding them along. You know, and God in his grace, he provides support and and training wheels, so to speak, to help us take that next step until we learn to trust him. Has the Lord invited you to trust him for something difficult? If so, what is it? Just answer in the privacy of your heart, just between you and God. And how are you responding to this difficult situation? And while you're processing that and kind of navigating through the kingdom of God, trying to find his way, another important thing is to ask ourselves, is there any, is there any attitude, is there any thought in the back of my mind that opposes the word of God? You know, the funny thing about the enemy deceiving us is we don't know it. And we need God to be able to reveal those things that are not consistent with his word. But just say, Lord, search my heart. Is there anything there that is is not in harmony with you and your ways? Are you aware of any ungodly beliefs that interfere with trusting and following God? And I want to invite you to pray through them. Bring them before the Lord, bring them into the light through confession, and bring them to the cross and just declaring that Jesus has broken its power and it no longer has to dominate us and the way we respond in whatever difficult circumstance we're facing. Sound good? Let's pray. And so if you would take time just to kind of be still, turn your attention to God, and ask God, what is it that you're saying to me? Lord, what lesson are you trying to teach me? So if you would just take a moment just to Allow the Spirit to search your heart. And if you've been able to identify an area where this applies, 
I want to invite you to pray along with me. Father, in one sense, I believe. On the other hand, I ask you to help me with my unbelief. Lord, you know my thoughts. You know my responses. I want to be able to love you with all my heart and to trust you. But to be honest, sometimes it's a struggle. And so, Lord, I ask that you would enable me to have breakthrough, to get to a place of freedom in this area, in this difficult circumstance, where my heart can be at rest and I can be at peace. Lord, the circumstances may not change, but I pray that you would change me and allow me to be more like you. And so, God, I ask that you would reveal your love and that you would reveal your will, your ways, your purposes, so that I can be confident about what I'm trusting you for. And so if you would just take a moment just to respond to God, and if you sense that he's leading you to trust him in some way, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to him. Father, I thank you that you won't take away anything that you don't replace with something better. And today I'm taking a step to say yes and trust in you and looking forward to what you will do. Father, impart your peace, restore joy, and allow me to live in the abundance of your goodness. If you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, there is another group here that I'd like to talk to this morning. As you're hearing me talk about a relationship with God, that's something that's been on your mind recently. Perhaps you're feeling like God's been trying to get your attention. And so you're here today because you're searching. You're wanting to experience him. And if that describes you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. If you've never made a choice to open up to him and say, yes, God, I want you to be a part of my life. I want to experience you. If you've never made a conscious decision to invite him into your life, then I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And we're just going to express that. God knows your heart. It's what we call prayer. I'll pray out loud. You can follow along. But before I pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And so if that describes you, um, the signal is that you would look up and when my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if that describes you, go ahead and look up at this time and then we'll pray together in a moment. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, I'm here today making this decision to open up to you. I want to experience you. I sense that you've been getting my attention lately. And so I'm, I'm responding and saying, yes, I, I want you to be in my life. I want to know you. Father, would you forgive me for anything I've done? For the things I've done that have been hurtful to others and to myself. I 
thank you for Jesus, what he did on the cross for me. And I receive him and his spirit of forgiveness into my life. I receive your spirit of love and grace. And if you're praying this prayer right now, I just want to invite you by faith to let the spirit of God's love and forgiveness come into your heart. He's here for you, and he's been waiting for this moment to forgive you, to cleanse you, to wash you, to give you a new start. And so just let him enter in and receive him now. Father, I say yes. I welcome you, and I thank you for coming into my life. And I ask that you would give me a new start. Lord, show me your ways. I ask that you would reveal yourself to me, that I could know you and know your will and become the person that you designed me to be. And I ask this in Jesus' name.